We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up. It's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show, your early morning shot of sports on 95.7 The Game. Come on! Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Lankford in with you, 95.7 The Game. Thank you so much for joining me. Hope you had a terrific weekend. Not going to lie to you. Moved apartments this weekend on Saturday, and uh, it's a nice little reminder of how out of shape I am. So I am doing this show sore. I'm playing hurt right now. I'm playing hurt. I was questionable to come in. Just kidding. I was probable. I was more probable, I guess, not questionable. But we had a crazy NFL Sunday. A crazy one. The Lions get their first win of the season. Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins make their comeback, but really it was the defense that won them that game against the Bears. The Steelers beat the Ravens after the Ravens tried to go for two, and that didn't work. And then we had what went on with the 49ers in their game against the Seahawks as they lose 30-23. to Hasty is in. Garoppolo blocked by Compton. Deflected. Incomplete. That was Carlos Dunlap, a player who has been questioned why he hasn't been getting a lot of playing time. Gets his hand up at just the right moment to knock down Jimmy Garoppolo's pitch and catch to Trent Sherfield. What an amazing stop by the Seattle Seahawks defense. Credit to CBS for the audio. Kevin Harlan and Tiki Barber on the call. Now that was the final play of the game. The tipped pass by Carlos Dunlap as the ball was going straight to Trent Sherfield. The second straight play uh, to Trent Sherfield. But I want to know from you at 888-957-9570, if you're a 49er fan and you're watching that game yesterday, what is the one moment that you pinpoint as the reason the 49ers lost? Or is it just not that simple? Is it not that easy to look at that game? Because I thought looking at that score and, and seeing where, where the, the fact that the 49ers had a chance to even get back into that game Quite frankly, they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have. They beat themselves up way too many times. I mean, you had 
the Travis Benjamin fumble right at the beginning of the second half, uh, where it was his first time taking a kick return, and he fumbles it. Now, granted, the Seahawks would go on just to throw an interception anyway, and Kwan Williams would get that tip pass from Gerald Everett, but Gerald Everett was the one who really was keeping the 49ers within the game. Gerald Everett uh, with that tipped pass, then the then but then the 49ers would end up getting a safety. I mean, there was just so much there, but what's the one moment you pinpoint? Because the one for me, and, and this was a, a big missed call, I thought, that could have changed the entire perplexity, uh, complexity of the game. But it was in the fourth quarter. You had about 12 minutes left. And it was the pass from Garoppolo to Brandon Ayuk. And they ruled the play a completion, which, quite frankly, it looked like, And they challenged the call, the Seahawks that was. It was a third and eight. You had about 11 minutes and 13 seconds left, so just a little less than 12 minutes. But it was a third and eight, and somehow the call got reversed, and it was called an incompletion. Then the 49ers ended up having to kick the ball because it was a fourth down. Now, granted, the Seahawks would go on to fumble the football and give the 49ers yet again another chance because of Gerald Everett. They would give him another chance, but that was the moment to me where if if that call if that call stood, which it should have because he caught the ball, it looked like he took a couple of steps and then he did end up fumbling the football, but he recovered it. So naturally, that's where they're supposed to line up right after that. But it was called an incompletion, and the score remains 30-23, to 23, as opposed to possibly turning it to 30-26 to 26 with, a possible, uh, with a possible field goal there. Or they could have just tied the game and made it 30-30 to 30 and would have forced the Seahawks uh, to try and score there uh, with about 10 minutes left in the game, which I thought the 49ers defense was playing well. I don't know if they would have been able to do that, but... There was a lot that went on. I mean, the beginning of this game, I I don't know if there was a more action-packed six and a half minutes of football to start out a game. I mean, already, by the time you reached the eight-minute mark, you had the touchdown to start the game because of Travis Homer. Now, the 49ers defense was just hammering on Russell Wilson, whatever they wanted to do to start out. Then they ran the fake punt, which is just a desperation move. And then Travis Homer gets in with a 73-yard run. 49ers follow it up with just a boring three and out. Not much going on there. Then the Seahawks fumble the ball, Jared Everett, yet again with a play by DJ Jones. And DJ Jones already made a nice play earlier in the game. But it's still 7-0. Then when they fumble the football, Garoppolo throws that pretty pass to George Kittle to get a touchdown. And we'll, we'll talk about George Kittle in just a second. And Robbie Gold actually made the extra point. But then the Seahawks... They'd fumble it again. Kwan Williams fumbled, uh, forced a fumble on Adrian Peterson. Will Disley recovered it, but then they end up punting it. And then they come back. Garoppolo throws the interception to Bobby Wagner, which was just an ugly pass. I don't know where he was planning on going with the football. I don't know what Jimmy Garoppolo was thinking there. And then the Seahawks would follow it up with a missed field goal right after that. But up to that point... 
They had eight and a half minutes left. Just the most eight action-packed six and a half minutes at the beginning of the football game that really I've ever seen. And from the 415, I'm glad you brought this up. I'm glad you brought this up. The fourth down stop, obviously, and then the two roughing the passer penalties, that's what was it for me. Those roughing the passer penalties were those examples of where they're just kicking themselves. Because going toward the end of the first half, they had that awesome touchdown by uh, uh, they had that awesome touchdown by George Kittle where it was uh, it, it was a screen pass if I'm not mistaken and George Kittle was just able to tiptoe his way around the sideline I don't know how a tight end does that it was just an unbelievable play it's crazy how athletic he is but the Seahawks have the ball just past the two minute warning so they got about a minute and 42 left to try and do something and they let a first down happen. They had uh, DK Metcalf go for first down after Gerald Everett had a five-yard catch, so it was a first and ten. Then there was the roughing the passer on Arden Key, so then it's another first and ten. Then they move up 15 yards, so it's first and ten on the 49ers' 34. Travis Homer goes up for four yards, then it's second and six. They give it to Travis Homer again for four yards, then it's third and two. Then they complete the pass to D. To D. Eskridge uh, to get the first down. So it's first and 10 at San Francisco's 15. Then there was an incompletion of D.K. Metcalf. So it's second and 10. And again, on the 49ers, 15. And it was an incomplete pass. But then Omenahu ends up tackling Russell Wilson and using his entire body weight tackled him, gets him to the ground, and that's going to be called a roughing the passer every time. I do not like that call at all. At least, I mean, not that call, but I don't like the rule at all. Yeah, I, I, don't, I understand it's trying to prevent injuries because it's happened previously. I believe Aaron Rodgers was the one that it happened to where he got hurt because one defensive lineman used his entire body weight to sack him, and um, you know he ended up hurting his shoulder, if I'm not mistaken. But I just don't like that sort of rough in the passer call. It's so impossible for these guys when there's all the momentum in the world that's going toward the quarterback and you try and hit him up high, okay, and maybe it is on Omenahu to uh to realize that those are the rules and you know in that situation, I don't really know what you can do. Maybe just hold on to him. I don't know. I don't know, but those two rough in the passer penalties, it ended up in a first and goal at San Francisco's seven, and then Russell Wilson would have an easy pass in the 10 to get it to D. Eskridge. I believe he was the second round pick for the Seahawks. So that was a game changing moment for sure. Another one, uh, the, these penalties that kept on hurting them was the random fourth down and one where it was in the third quarter, toward the end of the third quarter. They have the ball at their own 39. Now, I don't know if they were planning on running a play. I don't know if they wanted to, you know, maybe run the clock down, uh, run the play clock down, and maybe try to get the defense to jump off sides. Uh, but then Alex Mack would false start, then the penalty would be enforced five yards, then they, they would go back to the 34, and Mitch Wisnowski, uh would end up punting the football going into uh, the fourth quarter. But also special teams. Special teams is something that they need to figure out because it's just been up in the air all season. Brandon Ayuk, for the most part, has been returning punts, but whoever's returning kicks, it's just been it's it's just been a it's just been a who's who. 
You don't really know who's going to be returning kicks. So they end up using Travis Benjamin going for his first time ever. I, I, I mean, what else is there to say about it? What else is there to say about it? Now, I will say this about the, the, the entire game as a whole and just where they stand in the season right now. They are currently 7th in the NFC, which would be good enough to squeak your way into the playoffs. The Washington football team ended up beating the Raiders, and now they're both at 6-6. Six and six. But it's still just the Cardinals, Packers, Bucks, Cowboys, the Rams, uh, who ended up getting the W yesterday, obviously, because it's, it's Jacksonville. How else are you not going to get a win against Jacksonville? But they're still in this. The Eagles, the Vikings, the Panthers, the Falcons, the Saints, the Giants, the Bears, the Seahawks, and the Lions are all behind them. That's what I'll say is there's no chance in my mind that any of any of those teams past the seventh seed can even make it to the playoffs. So this didn't put an end to it. But the fact that you just can't seem to win against the Seattle Seahawks and, and, and doing it in Seattle in a game where... The Seahawks were giving you opportunities to win with all of these turnovers from Gerald Everett. I mean, you were just hurting yourself. If they would have played just a clean football game, if they would have just played mistake-free football, no doubt in my mind that the 49ers are winning this one. But also, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention missing Debo Samuel really hurts them in the run game. I I was saying this last week. But I don't think it's any coincidence that they've had three of their best days running the or three of their best weeks running the football when they started putting Debo Samuel back there at running back. I don't think it's any mistake there because there are certain plays where he's used as a decoy and that gives Elijah Mitchell an open an open running lane. Now Mitchell ended up having 22 carries for the 66 yards and I'm not going to you know blame the run game solely on the reason why they lost but they only had one drive with a time of possession for 5 minutes. Other than that, it was two 3 minute 3 3 minute drives for them. That's not what the 49ers want to do. The 49ers want to keep the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands. They don't want to let DK Metcalf nor Tyler Lockett on the field. I mean, they, they're they fine with Adrian Peterson. <laughs> it's okay letting Adrian Peterson run the football. I mean, there was that moment in the fourth quarter where they're in the red zone inside the five, and they tried running it with AP, and he hurdles over a lineman, but then he ends up getting tackled at, like, the three. And I'm thinking, man, Adrian Peterson, if you know if this were the old AP, easily he's in there. But watching him run the football, I, I, I know he, what, did he pass? Jim Brown on the uh, on the touchdown list, or, or did he time? He tied Jim Brown on the all-time touchdowns list uh, with that touchdown early on uh, in the second quarter. But the fact that the 49ers aren't able to dominate in the run game, I do think that has something to do with Debo Samuel not being uh, on this team. All right, 888-957-9570. That's the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. We'll get to what Kyle Shanahan had to say after the game regarding the loss, plus something that Jimmy Garoppolo had to say about that fourth down. We'll get into all that next. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Good morning, everybody. Hope you had a good weekend prior to your NFL Sunday because in the Bay Area, if you are still a Raider fan, then you are of course or you are of course disappointed with that outcome with the Washington football team as the Raiders lose a very close game that shouldn't have been as close as it was. And then you had the 49ers lose 30 to 23 to the Seahawks. Now, I want to know from you and I asked this question at the top of the show what you'd pinpoint as the one play as to what changed the game for you. Why the 49ers ended up losing. But there were so many to go around. Those plays that he ran, that Kyle Shanahan ran in the final drive, the 49ers were looking comfortable. You know, and, and someone here at the text line at 888 from the 408, at this point, you should start Lance. Clearly, Jimmy can't win you a game. I don't know. I don't know. Trey Lance was trending on Twitter during that game. Trey Lance <laughs> was trending on Twitter. And then Brad Graham, who runs the SF 49ers account, the SF Niners, excuse me, he tweeted out he hasn't played since week five. And he was trending. But I don't know, because in that fourth quarter, there were a couple of nice touch passes that Jimmy G made. I don't know if Trey Lance is making those passes. I, that's such a massive hypothetical just to say, oh yeah, if he were in, then Trey would have won this game. Like I don't, I don't, I don't really buy that. I, I, it's, it's tough for me to even say that with how, with how they played. Because if, if he did play in that game, then it, it just would have been a completely different outcome. Um, but that final drive, when they were inside the ten, and they managed to get it within the five. Now Kyle Shanahan ends up calling a timeout. I don't know why he did. I maybe he there was a because he had three timeouts to go with that fourth quarter. Really, I, I thought the 49ers were looking good. I, I thought they were really going to tie the game. I thought it was going to come down to the point where uh, I, I thought it was going to come down to where it's like a John Harbaugh situation with the Ravens and the Steelers, where it's like, oh yeah, I'm either going to go for two or kick the field goal and tie the game, maybe go to OT. But he calls a timeout. I don't know why. Because on the third and three, it was a pass that was incomplete to Trent Sherfield. Trent Sherfield, it was good coverage uh, by the Seahawks. But then he calls a timeout, and he's in the shotgun, and he has Jermichael Hasty to his left, Jimmy Garoppolo, that is. And they run essentially the same play. And he was open, 
but it gets tipped by Carlos Dunlap. I just don't know why they called that timeout in the first place. Maybe they were just trying to keep the defense on their toes. Maybe there was a certain coverage that he saw that he didn't like. I, I don't know what it was, but it seemed to stop the 49ers in their rhythm that they were going with there. It really ever since those timeouts were called because it was first and goal at Seattle seven. You have Elijah Mitchell run up the middle for three yards. Then you're at their own four. Then he calls a timeout, which you know you you, you got to do in that situation because time is time is eventually running out. You got to call a timeout there. But then it's third and three. Then it's the incomplete pass to Trent Sherfield. Then there's another timeout called. Maybe it was a good play call, but it just felt like a weird time to call uh, that timeout to me. But here's what Kyle Shanahan had to say after the game. Here's his full game breakdown as to why he thinks they lost. You know, we felt we had a lot of self-inflicted stuff that was always, you know, was caused by other teams, so I'm not taking anything away from them. But I thought we had opportunity at the beginning of the game to kind of just really felt like we were ready to go, you know, giving them that, that punt return gave them a lot of life. I thought of scoring, you know, we were trying to run, the, get the clock low, lower. Kittle made a hell of a play, though, on that keeper, scoring a touchdown. And they got that big return and ended up scoring before the end of the half, which gave them some, gave them the life back. And then for us, to open up the series and fumble it in the third quarter. And defense did a hell of a job stopping them. They missed a field goal, but we followed it with a safety. Then I think we followed it with a pick. Um, so I felt like it went, you know, went about an hour. It seemed like where we barely had the ball, which was our fault. So uh, it was just frustrating. I was glad with the guys, no matter how bad things, how many bad things did happen. They kept fighting, never quit. It was a hell of a job by the defense getting that turnover on the one-yard line like they did. And uh, I really believe we were going to go down and score. The guys made a lot of big plays on that last drive and came up short on that fourth down. And I think, I think it was Dunlap did a good job getting his hands up. I think he was going to have Trent there in the end zone, but made a hell of a play and shouldn't have let it get to that point. Yeah, it, 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 that's that's the issue that I have there is that the Seahawks did not play a great game. Now, granted, they did make a couple of nice plays. I, I mean, the the one toward the end of the first half where it was that pass to DK, that looked like vintage uh, Russell Wilson there uh, with that pass to DK, but the, the, the Seahawks didn't play that great of a game. And the fact that he, it was even that close, I mean, if Gerald Everett didn't turn the ball over three times, then uh, this could have been a di- completely different outcome. Now, granted, it was two fumbles and then the tipped pass in the end zone that led to the interception by Kwan Williams. If that didn't happen, then you know the Seahawks would have won this game by even more, and the 49ers certainly wouldn't have had a chance. But it was it, they chose an inopportune time to have really in one of their worst played games of the season. I'm not going to call it their worst played game, but as far as just the on-field mistakes, the special teams, everything around it, it's not like the Seahawks capitalized on every single turnover they had. So you can always just you can look at that and think, all right, well it didn't impact the game that much. But at the same time. You needed to win this game. You needed to win this game, but now they're six and six, and really within the NFC, um, they are still in it. But from the triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero from the seven oh seven should have been a pass interference call on the pass to Sherfield on that last goal to go series for the Niners. I don't buy that. From the nine two five zone read on third down with Jimmy from the seven oh seven. The third down where we had him stopped in the first quarter with a helmet to helmet contact fifteen yard penalty. From the 925, quarterback is the only position in sports that gets too much credit for winning and too much blame for losing. 49ers traded for Jimmy G, who has a career who was a career backup, and the Fairweather Niner fans lament when he plays like a backup. 
Well, that's not necessarily true that he was a career backup. When you are drafted to a team that has the greatest of all time in Tom Brady, and you're just on that team for your tenure, yeah, you're going to be a career backup. But also, they expected him to be the starter when they signed him to be the franchise guy. So that's why 49er fans are expecting so much out of him. That's why. Because they paid him that money to be the franchise quarterback. And he was expected to make that leap. Now, were we a little too overzealous? I mean, you've heard me talk on this. You've heard me talk on this show ever since last year, even during the time when, you know, in between when when he got hurt, even before he got hurt, you could tell that he just... There was something different about the way that he was reading coverages and getting the ball out. I mean, he was still getting the ball out quick in Jimmy Garoppolo fashion, but also he did look a little jittery behind the line of scrimmage. And then this season, you know, he's had a few nice plays here and there. And yesterday against the Seahawks, sure, he made some nice throws. But after all, he's not going to be a guy that's going to make up for a loss, and the loss being Debo Samuel on that offense. That run game was not the same without Debo Samuel on the field. When you just take away that other element, that other factor uh, with the defense, that the defense is trying to read, I, I, I can't tell you how many times, even though you know, Debo only had six carries for the 66 yards and uh, a couple of touchdowns or the, you know, it was what, one target in two games uh, or two targets in two games, whatever that crazy stat was for Debo. But it felt like he was involved in every play because of how much he affects that run game. But Jimmy G, you know, he needs all of his guys around him. He needs everybody on that team to be healthy in order for him to be successful. And yesterday... Sure, he was doing it in the in the fourth quarter on that final drive, on that 12-play drive that led him downfield all the way from the five. I give him a lot of credit for that. He was making some really nice passes, but he didn't get it done on that fourth down. Didn't get it done. Now, I don't know. Are we really going to have that Trey Lance conversation? Are we really going to have that Trey Lance Are you conversation? Are you at the point where you're saying, you know what? We need to start this guy. We need to develop him, see what we got for next season. Have you already given up on this year when you're 6-6, and you're 7th in the NFC standings, and all of the other teams behind you are trash? What do you think? 888-957-9570. That's the text line and the phone number. But before we do go to the break, just wanted to play this quick Kyle Shanahan uh, clip uh, giving us an injury update on Cannon. All right, guys. Um, Trent Cannon had a concussion. You know, he's going to stay in the hospital overnight. Manuel Mosley had an ankle, uh, never returned. Elijah Mitchell was evaluated for head injury. He was cleared. Came back. No, it's. I mean, it's obvious. concussions are very concerning, but all the stuff that you, you were really worried about, um, he's cleared. So he remembers it all, and but just concussion will keep him overnight for that. And that was a scary moment. That was a really scary moment to 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 start out the game on that on that kickoff where uh, Hufanga ended up uh, they ended up colliding just because that's what happens in football and collisions happen. And that was a really scary moment, but. Hopefully, Trenton Cannon uh, is okay, and luckily we got the update um, that when he was in the hospital that he was cognizant. He was just being evaluated for a concussion and ha- ended up having a concussion. So um, hopefully, Trenton Cannon uh, can recover in the next couple of weeks, and, uh, and, and you know, it's just a scary moment when it happens uh, on the football field. All right, coming up next, 
that Trey Lance and Jimmy G conversation. We will have that next, but we'll also continue to break down the game at triple A nine five seven nine five seven zero. Stephen Lakeford did all the pregame show ninety five seven the game. Game show on 957 the game. Here's Stephen Langford. From the 510 at AAA 957-9570. We got Oach. We got out coached. Pete Carroll owns Kyle. The red zone offense could have used Lance at the end of the game. That's why we drafted him. Kyle is too stubborn in his ways. That's from Oreo cookie from the 415. Game was so grueling to watch. I wanted out after that third quarter. From the 831, my favorite part of the game was when they showed 49er fans in the stands freezing while the Seahawks fans are in their t-shirts. Hell, everybody bundled up in that second half. Kevin Harlan and Tiki Barber, they both put on their pea coats. At first, it was just a regular blazer, shirt, tie, whatever. Then they had to bundle up. Kyle Shanahan switched from the hat to the beanie in the second half. Everyone in Seattle's like, what are you talking about? This is just a normal Sunday. This is just a normal Sunday. What do you mean? What do you mean? So I want to get to these calls here. We got Mitch in New Jersey and Eric in Oakland on the line. And AAA 957 if you want to share your thoughts on the game. But I got to say, watching George Kittle with the ball in his hands and work, damn, it's a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun. And he was a big reason in that fourth quarter on that final drive why they got down the field. Now, I don't understand why they didn't target him more within that uh, within that third quarter because really uh, they had one pass to him and I believe it was um, it was intercepted by Quandre Diggs and I don't even know if that was intended for Kittle. That was just within his vicinity. It was an awful throw um, by Garoppolo. But Watching George Kittle yesterday, I got to say that that touchdown he had in that final drive before the Seahawks would subsequently score, tiptoeing along the sideline, I don't know how a guy of his stature does that. It's insane how athletic he is. But it wasn't enough as the 49ers lose to the Seattle Seahawks 30-23. to But let's get to the calls here. 888-957-9570. Would love your overall thoughts on the game. I asked before the, bre- before the break, are we really going to have the Jimmy G and Trey Lance conversation? Are we really going to have that? But at this point, at 6-6 six and six in the season, you are technically still within the race and by the looks of it you know I I don't know what's going to happen with the Eagles or uh, the Vikings who lost to the Lions yesterday the Lions getting their first win on the season shout out to you Dan Campbell and your kneecap biting (laughs) I was going to go off there but shout out to Dan Campbell for getting his first win on the season the Panthers Falcons Saints Giants Bears the Seahawks, along with that, and the Lions, none of them are really in it. The Eagles, they're 6-7, and seven, but they're also at a point where Jalen Hurts threw three interceptions for the first time in his life against the New York Giants. 
and Gardner Minshew comes in and gets them a win over the Jets. And they got a strange schedule coming up, um, as well as the rest of the NFC East. But it looks like you're at least within that top seven if you are the 49ers. Now, barring a major uh, you know, skid here on the last however many games of the schedule, uh, the 49ers are still right there. And if you do end up putting Trey Lance in, sure, you can, you know, you can help develop a quarterback, but are you really at that point? Are you really at that point? I don't think Kyle Shanahan thinks that way. But first off, let's get to Mitch in New Jersey. What's going on, Mitch? Hey, Steve. How you doing? Good, Mitch. What's going on? Oh, it's going all right. It's started work. Happy holidays, by the way. Um, Happy holidays, man. Um, well, you can thank the Lions. That's for sure. They kind of saved the season. I think we have a tiebreak over Washington and Philadelphia. Well, this is when it comes to bite them, not giving uh, Trance enough experience. Because Jimmy has played well. He has played well last month. But yesterday he had a pretty bad game. And, and um, I wish Trey Lance you know, could you know, he, he be more confident. I mean, that's Russell Wilson. I mean, that's the guy I guess a lot of these quarterbacks aspire to. He's fast. He can run. He makes deep plays better. But Jimmy just didn't have it yesterday. And Bosa can't do everything, right? Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate the phone call, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Bosa there because that defensive line was feasting on Russell Wilson. Now, I understand the 49ers were making their own mistakes on special teams, Jimmy G throwing interceptions, the run game not being there. I understand that. But the Seahawks in that first half, really until you know the end of that uh, really until that final possession where they ended up scoring and you had the you know the two roughing the passer penalties it, really they were getting after Russell Wilson and Eric in Oakland had something to say about that as well as other things about the game what's going on Eric Hey good morning buddy uh, that was a brutal brutal loss yesterday um you know it hurts because I felt like we should have won. This is a 3-8 and eight Seattle team that's a shell of itself. And this was the time to go up there and kind of put a dagger in their whole season and, and, and just create chaos between the front office and Russell Wilson. So I was looking forward to that. But going on to the game, uh, it was just weird. Everything was weird about the game itself. The opening kickoff with the injury, the punt return. The, I mean, just so many weird things happened. But for me, what was really strange or what really did it in for me was the Mosley injury. You see, before that, this is a guy, believe it or not, he's rated kind of high when it comes to, like, um, uh, uh, t- giving up touchdowns and such. And, and he plays pretty good man defense. As soon as he went out, like, that half-second uh, extra that the D-line had was lost. And when that half-second was lost, we weren't as ferocious as we were. Early on, I, was, I thought we were going to have 10 sacks in the game. Russell Wilson was running for his life. And then at the end of the game, I thought it was made up. It, it, it was made for like TV. You know, Don, or Johnson he recovers that 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 fumble at the one. He got a ninety-nine yard drive, and, and we're gonna go in. and We're gonna win. But where are the Trey Lance packages on the goal line? Where are that? I mean, Shanahan, this is your guy. You ran him in horrible games early on. You destroyed his knee almost. And now in a game like this, you don't have like three or four. Philly specials for us or something like that. So, you know, to me, this is a total team loss. Uh, special teams have been stinking it up. They missed an extra point. They gave up a, a, a kickoff return last week, and today a punt return. I'm just, you know, I'm disappointed. Um, I just hope that they, they figure out a way because 
it's obvious without team speed and without Debo, the offense isn't the same. Mitchell isn't running the same. And, and, and yesterday, you know, last week, real fast, when, when Garoppolo threw that pick, Shanahan went to him on the bench and he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah I got it. I got it. Yesterday, when, when, when Shanahan went, wide open, you look afraid. You look jittered. You know, I, I don't, I'm not like an expert of reading by did not look comfortable at all. That was like your your dad yelling at you, not your. So, uh, moving on. You know, I hope they do better, and and, and we, you know, Scott. All right, Eric, I appreciate the phone call. Your phone is uh, is kind of breaking up there. And, you know, you're, we're bringing up the special teams so much on um, on the 49ers side of things and uh, just how poorly they played. But in that second half, I got to give a lot of credit. Um, and this is where, you know, punters matter in this league. I don't, I don't care um, what anybody says, but, um, man, Michael Dixon for the Seahawks, it felt like every single punt that he made in that second half. Now there were there were about three of them, but every single one was, you know, inside the ten, not giving the 49ers favorable field position at all, having to make them work. Now it feels like throughout the season, that's where the 49ers bread and butter has been. It's like, okay, we're gonna start inside the ten. That's fine. You're giving us a whole lot of a whole lot of field to work with here where we can take some time off the clock and keep your offense off the field. The Seahawks didn't let they, they didn't let them do that yesterday. They didn't let them do that yesterday. And 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 really it was the run game, the lack of a run game there without Debo. I keep on going back to it. Um, but they it was just not the same. Not the same without Debo. And, you know, when we were making the argument about Trey Lance and what he'd bring Everyone would say that, you know, when it, when it was the argument, everyone was on Jimmy Garoppolo's side get, saying that he knows how to win. You can't not look at that record uh, overall for him and think that, you know, he shouldn't be in the game and think that Trey Lance should be starting. Think that a rookie who's playing from North Dakota State should be starting in, in week one, especially when you're paying as much as you're paying for Jimmy G, which is about $23 million. But the reason why we think Lance should have started in the first place was because he adds that other element to the run game. It becomes overall pretty predictable when you're just out there with Elijah Mitchell and you're running the same outside zone. You don't have a threat really to give it to a guy like Debo. They don't seem to run any jet sweeps with Brandon Ayuk, and you know they don't run. A, they they ran a, they run a ton of pre snap motion. But it just doesn't seem, didn't seem to phase the defense yesterday. It didn't seem to. And when Eric in Oakland is bringing up Garoppolo's interceptions, here's what Kyle Shanahan had to say about those interceptions from Jimmy G. The first one, Wagner got back, which he does a great job of, and Jimmy's got to wait for him to go by him. Um, he tried to throw it in the first window. It's a second window throw. And on the next one, both linebackers are back there. Jimmy knew it, tried to drop it in over him, which is an overthrow. He should have checked it down below, underneath him. And then here's what Garoppolo had to say about those interceptions. Uh, just tough situations. Just um, the second one, just got a little greedy with it. <clears throat> should have just been a little smarter and, and taken the check down. But just... Um, yeah, I mean, just two tough situations with that. I think he's starting to feel the pressure now. You know, he's been such an easygoing guy, and that's what he see. That's that's who he seems to be in 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 real life. Right off the football field, he just seems to be just a cool person, and he doesn't. It doesn't feel like things face him. Back in 2019, he's been doing this. He's been doing this ever since he got to the 49ers. Right, 
throwing these, the, what do they call them, the Jimmy O no throws. He's been throwing these boneheaded interceptions really since he's been the starter, the full-time starter. And in, and in 2019, he did do that. But right after, in the following drive, he would score a touchdown. And his numbers, after he threw an interception, they were unbelievable. I mean, he was throwing it at like an 80% completion rate. <laughs> the touchdown-to-interception ratio, I mean, he threw like, I don't know how many touchdowns after interceptions in 2019, and he actually threw one yesterday, um, threw the touchdown pass, or got the touchdown pass to, um, or excuse me, Elijah Mitchell ran one in for a touchdown, but he would follow that drive up with one after the interception to uh, Bobby Wagner, so that would make it 14-7, to and that's what looked like vintage Jimmy Garoppolo back in 2019 because it would be one play, you know, that one pass to George Kittle that would get them the score to make it to 7 nothing. Then the Seahawks would go three and out. Then on the next play, Garoppolo would throw an interception. Then the Seahawks missed a field goal. Then the 49ers would come back and score a touchdown with a Jimmy G-led drive, and they would make it 14-7. to But then in that second half, when he threw that interception to Diggs, it was so overthrown and and it and it looked like really when the game was tied at 23 to 23 there's a reason that some people call him jittery jimmy and he looked like that and really toward the end of the second half up until that final possession with 12 plays and 95 yards Garoppolo didn't look that great and the run game wasn't there either i mean listen to these times of possessions here for each drive in the second half Obviously, they let off with the Travis Benjamin fumble, and that's because, unfortunately, Trenton Cannon got hurt, and you were putting in a guy for the first time in his career to return a kick. Then you'd have that safety. That possession would last a minute and 26. Then you'd have the interception, 2 minutes 18. Then you'd have the punt, 2 minutes 9. Another punt, 1 minute 47. And then you'd have that 12-play drive. Like, that's not what the 49ers want to do, and that's not what any football team wants to do. But they didn't even do it on big plays. It just felt like all of those second-half possessions really fell short. 888 that's the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. And as you know, I can't screen calls during the show. I can only do it during the break, so I screen them live on air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? My name is Rick. I'm calling from Oakland. Rick in Oakland. What's going on, Rick? Hey, man, you know what? Uh, I, I was telling my buddies over the weekend about the Niners that if they won this weekend, we wouldn't say much about Debo being missing. But uh, if we lost to the Seahawks, we were going to talk a lot about the coach running Debo into the ground that game. I, I, I uh-huh. think that Debo had an excellent game a couple of weeks ago, but they didn't need to run him into the ground like that. Okay, I appreciate That's the phone call, pick. Rick. Do you, do, you, do you think, though, that missing Debo yesterday made an impact on the run game in the first place? Absolutely, yes. Yes, it made an impact on the run game. All right. we, we know how he runs the ball, that jet sweep. Yeah. Everybody knows it's coming. They can't stop it. Yep. So, you know, I'm just seeing that and, and mixing that up with the rest of the plays, we would have had a better chance to win yesterday. I just didn't understand why Debo got uh, got got driven into the ground the last game late in the fourth quarter. He He could have been out. He didn't need to be injured. Interesting. All right, Rick, I appreciate the phone call, and maybe that was a talking point uh, talking point for uh, last week, and that was a similar injury that he's had before, um, the issues with his, his hamstring. From the 510, 
Divisional games are always tough. Both teams played hard, my man. That's Oreo Cookie at Oakland for the 209. Jimmy doesn't step into his throws. That's part of the reason passes sail on him. Yeah, that's the weird thing, 209. That's odd because he's been doing that the entire time he's been there. Been here, rather. And anytime we talk about his throwing motion, we always say Jimmy doesn't step into his throws, which is absolutely true. But some guys just have that unconventional throwing style. And we've seen it work before. We've made we've seen him make super accurate passes when he's not even stepping into the throw. It's like he's stepping toward the, the left sideline and then somehow he manages to throw to the right hash mark and complete a down. From the 510, who's your daddy, 49ers? Of course, Russell Wilson is 16-4 and all time. And Russell Wilson... Again, looked like Russell Wilson toward the end of that fourth quarter. We had Eric in Oakland earlier on. I mean, there's some times when they just collapsed the pocket and somehow he was able to to break out of it. Russell Wilson, 30 for 37, 231 yards, uh, a couple of touchdowns, and that tipped interception from Gerald Everett in the end zone from, uh, from Kwan Williams. But he was sacked four times. Four times, and it could have been more. It could have been more, and I haven't really seen that escapability from Russ this season. And, man, that dude just constantly takes punishment. Even with this win, even even with this win, I don't know. I think this could be the last time that we see Russell Wilson against the 49ers in a Seahawks uniform. I think this could be it. I don't think this win puts him over the top because the O-line still stunk and he was still running for his life. Now, he was making some good throws. But that O-line is way more than a year away, much further than a year away, from building it into one that's going to give him some protection. I mean, this dude gets sacked, what, 40 times a year? <laughs> 40 times a year with Russell Wilson? I, I don't know, man. I think this is the last time that you're going to see him in a Seahawks uniform against the 49ers. So, um, 16-4 and all time, and I don't think the record is going to change at all, at least from the perspective of him being on uh, the Seahawks. I don't think, because after all, they're still 4-8. and They're still 4-8, and and they are just not a good team. The 49ers did everything really in their power uh, to lose that football game. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to look at the Seahawks and it, it's just saying it's hard to look at the Seahawks as winning the game more than the 49ers losing the game. You know what I mean? Like the 49ers just constant self-inflicted wounds as the cliche goes. From the 209, Jimmy G is a below-average quarterback without a running game. From the 408, let's be real, Jimmy G's stars have been inflated the entire time because all the players around him have made him look better. And you're saying Jimmy G starts instead of stars. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a tough argument to make, 408, because one game, you'll see that. Then another game, it's like, oh, Jimmy G did it all. From the 707, put in Trey Lance, not for Jimmy, but for Shanahan. Shanahan, I think he could call better and more courageous plays. Yesterday was a perfect example of one head coach embracing aggressive play calling and going for the win and another who's afraid to. Fortune favors the bold. Shanahan is not bold. Man, I I haven't even talked about this yet. I'm sorry, but that was the dumbest decision of all time to go for it on fourth down when you had an easy field goal, a chip shot. The Seahawks would have been up by 10. There's no way that the 49ers would have scored within six minutes twice. 
No chance that would have happened. No chance. That was the dumbest decision to me for Pete Carroll. I don't, if my head coach is making that decision, I don't want that. I don't want that. Fortune favors the bold, whatever. We can go with these quotes and these cliches. That doesn't take away from that was a stupid decision by Pete Carroll. Really dumb decision to go for it on fourth down. Now they got that goal hide stop. And really, sometimes fortune favors the bold, but at other times, the sports gods look down and say, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have done that. I mean, they went they went 95 yards, the 49ers did, all the way down the field. And if it wasn't for a tip pass by D- Carlos Dunlap, Trent Sherfield was open in the end zone. I'm sure that he would have completed the pass because Jimmy... We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.